Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. Glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Hey, Andrew, uh, delay the delay the opening of this program for a little bit. I, uh, I'm here at uh, St. Raphael's in Canton, Ohio, where I broadcast from, and they got some kind of gathering back there, and they just brought me in what looks to be some kind of phenomenal banana cake, so I don't want to let it just sit there. So, can you just have some couple minutes of dead air? Oh, I don't think that's very nice. You you saying that when I, even when I'm talking, it's dead air? You're supposed to be supportive and affirming. Very nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. Privilege to get to do this. 20 years worth. 20 years worth of shows. We have uh, six, six shows over that 20 years that are the best ofs. Uh, most of them are the least worst ofs, but we do have some best ofs, and Andrew is scouring past shows to, to find a couple of those. Right now, we're live. That means you can call in and talk and listen if you wish. I'm going to talk anyway, so you don't have to listen, but I am still going to talk. The number to get onto the program is 877 877 57 equal. That is the number. Somebody asked me an email just, just recently. That, Dr. Ray, do you think that some people are just too judgmental too quick? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can tell just by looking at them. For sure. If you would like to call in with a situation, a circumstance, a question, a struggle, a conundrum, a riddle... Something that flummoxes you, 877-57 equal is the number. Or you don't have to do that. You can call in with support for another person. We had a couple of those yesterday. You can call in with a generic question. Some people do this. They'll say, comment upon this particular emotional aspect of existence. Or comment upon how psychology clashes with traditional Christian understanding. And I love those. I get to pontificate, which is a word you have to use. I was reading in the uh, EWTN Media Manual that you do have to use uh, pontificate at least every two weeks, that word. So, okay. So I just I just used up my particular weekly allotment. A uh, couple more things. This is the last time or two I'm going to say this. Now I'm getting to the point where I'm begging. <laughs> Not quite. I'm not quite into groveling, but it's close. We would love to have a big audience down in Birmingham on January 16th, which is a Tuesday, because we are taping four shows of Living Right with Dr. Ray's 14th season is beginning. Typically, we have a wonderful time going around the country at our many affiliates. We've been in Boise, well, Person C, you can't say Boise anymore. We've been to Dallas. We've been to Kansas City. Where else have we gone? Uh, Billings. We've gone to Billings. Um, Buffalo. 
Detroit, Ann Arbor, Ave Maria. We've just we've just been very fortunate to go a lot of different places. And uh, this time, for the first time ever, we're down in Birmingham at the EWTN Studios. Is that great or what? So you can kill two birds with one stone. I'm one of those birds. You can be David with your stone. You can sit in the audience of Living Right with Dr. Ray. 9 o'clock, 10.30, 1 o'clock, 2.30. Pick one, pick two, pick them all. Bring the kids. And you can see EWTN, tour the studios, all kinds of neat stuff. If you ever wanted to go there, this is a great opportunity. Now, we've got seats. The uh, The morning shows are filling up nicely, but the afternoon shows, we could sure use some more of you people. I know it's daytime, and I know a lot of people are working, so that makes it tougher. But I will tell you this, you homeschooling parents, make this an excursion. Make it an outlet. You can learn all kinds of things. You'll see behind the scenes how they produce a TV show. And EWTN is among the best with the quality of people they have there and the technology. I am the weak link, so they tell me. Nevertheless, they can make anybody look good. So if you go to EWTN.com forward slash, you know, that's a little little angle thing there, a little forward slash, Dr. Ray Live, D.R. Ray Live, EWTN.com forward slash D.R. Ray Live. And you can sign up for any of the shows right there. Just sign right up. It says, sign up here. Even I can figure out how to do that. So I won't be announcing it too much more. Probably tomorrow will be the last time, and and that'll be it. So we'd love to see you. Love to see you. You want more apologies? Would you Would you like someone to apologize more? Well, there's certain things you can do to squash the odds that you're going to get an apology. Here's a prime one. When they apologize, especially for something that um, they've apologized multiple times for. It's something that has been a sore spot, a friction point in your relationship, in your marriage. It's something that, uh, you know, you've talked about a million times and uh, your partner, your spouse is apologizing. Don't say this. If you were really sorry, you'd change. Well, first of all, that's not going to that's not going to get your future apologies. But you know what else it's going to do? It's going to mislead you. It's wrong. Let me draw a parallel. I would imagine that many of you listening to me go to regular confession. I would also imagine if you're anything like me that you've been repeating a lot of the same sins for years and decades. And if you have the same confessor, the same priest that you've been going to, and he knows you, you you sit there face to face, and you say these sins, and you are truly contrite, there's no question you are, and you have a firm amendment of purpose, in other words, you're not going to do it again at the best of your ability and God's grace, how would you like it if he says... You know, I'm really wondering whether I should give you absolution. Because if you were truly sorry, you'd change. 
You wouldn't be saying these sins that you've said for years now. Detraction. Losing your temper. Gossiping. You, you you say this, but and then you say you're sorry, but then but then you still do it. I don't think you're sorry. If you were, you'd stop. How would you like hearing that? You'd be crushed, wouldn't you? Of course, because you are truly sorry. You mean it. You you truly mean I don't want to do these things anymore. But then, in moments of weakness, in yielding to temptation, in getting pulled along with what somebody else is doing, you do it. The point is, someone can truly be contrite for what they've done. And at the same time, be weak in the future about making the changes. That's, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go so far as to say, that's kind of a common situation. You can regret, you can have great remorse for what you did. But the next time the situation comes around, oh, you slip again. Does that mean your apology was insincere? That you were just mouthing words trying to get out of trouble? Because you see, when someone says, if you were truly sorry, you'd change, that's what they're saying. You're not sincere. You don't mean it. You're just mouthing words to try to assuage the situation. Much of the time, that's false. So be careful about saying that to somebody. Because i got to believe you wouldn't want the priest to say that to you. 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL. That is the number to call to get onto the program. And if you want to comment on my, my sorry monologue, so to speak, give me a call. I'm Jack Crisula. Please join us on Wednesday, January 17th at 6.30 p.m. at St. John's Resort in Plymouth for the Rosary, followed by a speech by Father Leo Petalinghug entitled Prophetic Compassion, How Christ Hears the Hungers of the Heart. Father is an award-winning chef, radio, and EWTN TV host. No registration is required. For more information, please email jack.crisula, K-R-A-S-U-L-A, at trustinus.com. Catholic law is not cynical about human government, but it does understand its limitations. Let me just quote from the Catechism. Human society can be neither well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has some people invested with legitimate authority to preserve its institutions and to devote themselves as far as is necessary to work and care for the good of all. Every human community needs an authority to govern it. Now, we know that. Of course, the family has a certain authority, business has an authority, and government has certain authorities. We are blessed in that in our moment in history, governments are composed in uh, by the consent of the governed. It means we have to look beyond uh, the political rhetoric that's used by politicians and lobbyists to sell a bill or a referendum item. And so I would just stress time and again, don't be cynical, but be prudent. Don't be suspicious, but be inquiring. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. By asking for spiritual communion, we are acknowledging that the Holy Mass is the perfect, best way to worship God. 
the priest intercedes perfectly for us with God the Father because he acts in persona Christi. This is the time to see that through the priest's representation of Christ's sacrifice on Calvary, we are never separated from our Lord. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. Dr. Ray Gurindy, a graduate in the top 10% of Catholic media's broadcast school of like, um, I mean, you know, like articulate and stuff. Good to have you with me. 877-57 equal is the number to call to get on to the program. Elizabeth is calling from St. Petersburg, Florida. All cities that have saints' names go to the front of the line. Hi, Elizabeth. Hey. Um, good day. Uh, I called in because my daughter is dating a man with four children. So we all have been taught by you what to look out for in a, a divorce situation. You know, there's another family. There's going to be maybe more children with the new family. But what about what to look out for when you're marrying into a family? She would be the second mother because there's already a mother with the four children. Is Elizabeth, is is she having any moral um, reluctance to do this? No, no. They're both very much in love, the two of them. But they want to wait, you know, a year or two. He's already had the long-term relationship. She hasn't. Uh, but uh, they're both very stable. Well, There's what no... I mean by that, dear, is that she, I'm assuming you're Catholic. Is she Catholic? Yes, but she's not practicing. Okay, so what I meant by moral reluctance was that the fact that he's divorced, um, is it doesn't matter to her. She's going to marry him anyway. Actually, he's never been married. Oh. They, they made a family without being married. Oh, gee. Okay, okay. What's the age range of these kids? What's that? How how old are the kids? Uh, ten. There's a set of twins, and there's a four-year-old. Okay, so smack in the middle of raising children, huh? Yes, yes. I'm going to assume he either has shared custody or visitation. Yes. Is is that true? Okay. No, no. 50-50 shared custody. 50-50. All right. Yep. The things she's going to have to anticipate are, one, uh, as a stepmom, she's going to probably run into some trouble with birth mom. Birth mom... Mm-hmm may not like the fact that she is viewed as an on-the-presence mom. Birth mom may say, you don't have to listen to her. A birth mom may be jealous of her. There could be all kinds of uh, negatives coming from birth mom. So that's mm-hmm. one thing to look out for. Another thing is, um, what will be her authority? In other words, if dad says, these are, these are my kids, and I've had a history with them, and I have a certain way of raising them, and your daughter says, ooh, boy, ooh, they get away with a lot. They're kind of bratty. They're not real pleasant to be around, but if I try to discipline them, he gets upset. 
That's very common, by the way. Very, very common. So I guess you could ask her, have you talked about your your discipline style, your parenting style with these four children? And she's she's jumping right in in the deep end of the pool. That's another factor. Um, how long have they been dating, Elizabeth? Not long. Mm, right. A couple months. So she really doesn't know these kids at all. Mm, she's met them. Well, that but met she, them. She, meeting she's staying them away mean because them. she doesn't want to get attached until it, they get more, you know, more serious. Oh. So she's would, staying her distance until it's for real. I would. I understand that part of it, but I also would say um, she she might want to parallel this. And by that I mean be around the kids a little more so if she could more realistically decide if it's for real. Because if she says, okay, I'm going to see if he's the one, but she has no idea about these kids, about their ways, about his way, about his discipline, about his permissiveness, about all the things that they're going to have to make mutual decisions on. And she doesn't have any idea about that. So once she's quote-unquote in love with him, then it's going to be a lot harder to say, uh, I'm going to rethink this because these these kids are are, are going to create a, a great source of friction in our relationship. So I think she might want to get get to know him and his kids at the same time. Yes. She's got to see. She's got to see how the interaction is. She can't just assume, okay, I really care for him. We really have a lot in common. Oh, this is great. Uh, Okay, now let's see what parenting is like. Hmm. Just some things to consider, dear lady. You can Makes ask sense. her. You can ask her. You can yes, say, I will. I will. Yeah. What do you know about yeah, his we style? Get, we get to know the kids. Yeah, I get to know the kids. And also, uh, have her get to maybe understand the relationship between him and his former girlfriend. Because if it's hostile, then she's going to be right in the middle of that. They're fifty-fifty, and it's very amicable. Okay. It's much better now that they're apart. They're raising the kids much better hmm. in separate households. Well, the only thing I would say to that, Elizabeth, is that's what she knows after two months. Yeah. Yeah. Tell her to. And also, t- why did they break up? <laughs> yes, um. Yes, um. Yes, um. Take her time. Thank you, Elizabeth. Okay. Thank you for the call. Right. You take. You Thank take you. good care of her. All right. All righty. Now, okay, I want to just, um, do you notice what I just did? I went, all righty, okay. I mean, two crutch filler words all at once, simply because they creep in if you don't watch them. How can I be articulate and stuff like, I mean, you know, if I do that. This next call might be a little delicate for listening kids, although not too delicate because I will, I will use euphemistic language. So they won't quite know what we're talking about. Conchita, beautiful name, is calling from Fort Worth, a Guadalupe area. Hi, Conchita. How are you? Hi. Hi, Dr. Ray. I'm fine. How are you? What does Conchita mean? Concepcion, Immaculate Concepcion. Mary's uh, 
Mary's uh, uh, was chaste. She was a virgin when she married, and she stayed a virgin. She she was the only person without sin besides Jesus. So you're I did Concepcion. So, oh, okay, so your name is Concepcion, not Conchita. Well, it, it comes to being called. I'm called Conchita. Okay. Concha. All right. So so it's a derivative. It shell, but it means. Mary of the Immaculate Conception, Maria de la Concepción Inmaculada. That's beautiful. Okay. Thank so who, who is asking you if it's a serious sin to have relations outside of marriage? Are you, I mean, if you don't want to say, don't say, but is it a, a friend, a relative? Is it just a, a curiosity? It's a friend. It's a friend, and uh, they are in their 70s, uh, probably just 70. They've both been married. They're, fiance, they're planning... Uh, well, they live together. I, I, they, they they don't want to get married because it's a matter of finances. Mm -hmm. Are they? Do they say we are Catholic? Uh, yeah. I, I know she does. So she she really has an honest question: whether, in fact, to have relationship with this guy she's not married with would would. Yes would be a sin? She really she you in your opinion, she really doesn't understand that? I think she thinks it's okay since uh, it would uh, put a financial uh, impediment to her with them and uh they can't afford it. So she so, thinks uh, it's good enough reason. She's been married, she's been married before and uh since she she's not remarried, she still gets alimony. Well, Conchita, here's... Is it still a sin? Is it still oh, a sin well, to have sex outside of marriage? Absolutely, no question. Even, no. even if you're in your 70s. You could, be 90, you could be 96. You could, you could have <laughs> serious financial problems if, you're, if you get married. Absolutely. It's, it's objectively, which means it is a serious sin. The church has always taught from the time of Christ, and, uh -huh. of course, even in the Old Testament that relations outside of a legitimate marriage uh -huh. is a serious sin. Absolutely serious sin. Because God, God put relations within a marriage. Now, what I think you're dealing with, and maybe I'm way off on this. You tell me how, how much I miss it by. I think uh -huh. your friend knows that. I think... I, think she, I know she knows it. Okay. So what she may be saying is... Do I have good enough reason mm -hmm. to live with this guy and have relationships with him? That's what it sounds like she's saying. Yeah, I think you you got it right on the you hit the head of the of the nail. Okay. Um, if she's asking you, did, did you did you get the impression she was coming to you and asking you legitimately, like Conchita, please tell me no, you're a good Catholic? Not, no. No. Oh. Oh, she so she hasn't even brought up the issue. Uh, not really. Uh, you're just you're just saying this is what she does, and Doctor Ray is that a sin? Well, I care about her soul, and uh, and rightfully so. But the other the other complication here, Conchita, is that the guy is, and I don't know what his marital status was, whether he was married in the church or what. But if he no, was... He's not a Catholic. No. Okay. Well, if it was a 
valid marriage, which it probably was, you presume it was, unless you know otherwise, then in the, in the eyes of the church, he's still married. So she's basically living with a married guy that she's having relations with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You could ask her about that. Just ask her. What, what do you think is is uh, any problem here morally? Ask her. Rather than rather than telling her, you know what you're doing is wrong, because I think she knows that. Ask her, how are you justifying what you're doing? Thanks, Conchita, for caring about your friend. Very nice to have you with me, Dr. Ray Gurendi. Program The Doctor Is In. Number to get on to the program, bottom half of the show. Typically, the calls come in bunches at the top of the show and at the bottom of the show. Well, right now we're at the bottom of the show. So if you would like to call in, a pretty good chance you'll get on. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-57-equal is the number to call. Sometimes people will ask me... um, why do you try so hard to get a big audience for your TV show? When I and my producer approached uh, EWTN and Peter Gagnon, who is the vice president, director of uh, programming, TV program, he's a big shot, good man, eight kids. When we approached him, I said, I, I would really like a live audience. Uh, much of what I do uh, outside of my office is speaking to groups. As a matter of fact, that's pretty much heavily what I did before I came into Catholic media. It was, interesting enough, it was also one of the reasons why I was reluctant to get on Catholic media because it would uh, tie me too much to a microphone, in my mind anyway, I thought that, and therefore it would uh, constrict my ability to travel and to do speaking engagements. But I said, if I have an audience... I'm so used to having an audience to speak to that I think we can use that audience to really enhance the energy level of the show. And the more people you have, the higher your energy level. The applause is louder. The people carry on more. They ask more questions. We have a segment where we have uh, three questions right after my opening monologue. I have three questions from the audience. Well, we we get those questions, and if you have a lot of people, you get you get a lot of questions you can choose from. You can only, you can only take about three. That's all the segment allows. First segment's about eighteen minutes, and then after that, of course, we have the guests and we have the various um, segments that we use. It's a multi-segmented show, so the audience is a, just an absolutely critical part of the program. Back when COVID shut everything down, well, COVID didn't shut everything down. The COVID response shut everything down. And they're finding out all of the the horrible, unanticipated results of this reaction. What what we did is we we did do shows with no audience. I remember we were at Walsh University Studios and we did the show without the audience, and, and we we pulled it off at some level. But it it is the audience that makes it. Uh, we went to Buffalo Station of the Cross Turf. 
And we had, in one audience, it was about 200 people. Massive, massive size audience. Typically, you get between 50 and 100 is, is your audience. We do not have that yet down at EWTN. Uh, so if you're thinking about it, if you're toying with it, still still room there. Need to get you in. Some of you homeschooling parents, you know, you got six, eight kids. You and the kids, all we need is two of you families, and you just added 15 people. So, again, that is terrific. I want to comment just, just a little bit more about if you want to call them, no, let me change my mind. I want to comment on something else. Probably the area of below the waist is the area where most people morally either ignore or completely reject Catholic teaching. Have you noticed that? How many people have you heard say things like, yeah, you know why I struggle with that Catholic church? Because they tell you you should have concern for the poor. Oh, who who are they to tell me I should have concern for the poor? You know what I don't like about that Catholic Church? They say you're not supposed to punch people. Now, who, what are they coming across with this, my fist? My fist is my fist. I can do what I want with my fist. No, no, you don't hear that, do you? No, it's always, it's always below the waist. And that previous call, because Conchita was calling for someone that uh, she knew, I know those of you listening to me right now have a whole lot of folk that you know are living or practicing or behaving absolutely counter to the church's long-standing teaching from Christ on sexual morality. And the view is, I'm Catholic, but I don't agree with that one. Which is, I think, what Conchita was referring to with her friend. If you would probably ask her friend, are you Catholic? Very much so. But yet she's living in a way completely counter to our Lord's teaching about sexual morality. You know, Dr. A, uh, I think, you know, there's there's times that uh, in modern culture here, things are different now. Things are different. And uh, people need to have a little more freedom in that area. Well, here's the problem with a little more freedom in that area. And if you look at the research, secular research, it says... In so many words, it wouldn't say it this way. I'll say it this way. The farther you leave, no. The farther you travel from God's moral teachings, the more complications and troubles you bring upon yourself. It's true. One study I saw was out of the University of Chicago. And they asked, who has the greatest level of satisfaction in their physical relations? And they polled singles. They polled very active singles. They polled people living together. All kinds of arrangements. Do you know who expressed the deepest satisfaction? You guys know this. It is committed Marrieds. What? That makes no sense. That's just having relations with one person. How how boring. Oh, I mean, you have to have 
variety. You have to be free to explore and check out. How do you know? That's the, that's the society's thinking. The research doesn't support that at all. So I guess the point to be made is that God knows what he's talking about. He says, do it this way. Don't do it this way. It'll give you the most freedom. He knows of what he speaks. All right, we're going to get to your calls right after the break here. Coming up in about uh, 30 seconds. It's a hard break. I noticed that in therapy. Many of the people who come into me who are very discontent with life, very unhappy, very anxious, very distressed, much of the way they're living is absolutely counter to God's rules for life. Now, they might not recognize that because maybe they have no religious expression in their lives. But to the degree that they drift from the way God says to do it, they risk an awful lot of discontent. If God designed us, he knows the best way we operate. Target zone, 120 to 140. If you have children, your IQ target zone is somewhere between 90 and 110. They do siphon off IQ points. I don't know the exact number per kid, uh, and each kid varies in the amount of IQ points that they siphon off, but the average last I looked was 5.36 IQ points gone from your your reservoir. John's calling from Georgia. Hi, John. Hey, how's it going? Well, it so, sounds like you got a rough situation there. Yeah, uh, I had been, uh, I guess, repressing suspicions for a couple of decades, and something happened. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to find out one way or another. I just started doing a whole lot of uh, research. It looks like um, I've... Uh, my spouse has been probably having affairs from the get-go and ongoing. Um, How'd you and, pick this up, John? Social media and uh, just, you know, learning a new skills, I guess, in the Internet age. Um, and... Uh, so, Knowing, so you, you know, you've uh, you've seen her posting you've seen her posting things. Excuse me, sir. You've seen her posting things. Mm, no, but I am familiar with what she was doing <clears throat> before we got married, and um, it's 
I'll just say that it's a lot of circumstantial evidence at this point. She admits to um, nothing? So it looks like it's very much leaning towards that. She admits to nothing? Uh, she has never in the past when I've confronted her. And at this point, I'm just over-confronting. I uh, don't think that'd be of any good. Uh, there is like one social media page which talks about uh, a 16-year-old relationship that ended with um, that certainly is not me uh, so and that's just one of uh, a few yes I, I have had mm -hmm. hard evidence of uh, some individuals but this looks like it's uh, much more than that and you know something of uh, a secret life especially when we were separated for about nine months or so so you think that this is something that has pretty much been ongoing, not only before your marriage, but through your marriage. Yes. You always had your suspicions, but now you checked them out and you think you have some pretty concrete evidence that this has been her style all along. Yes. Have you directly said, how do you explain this post? How do you explain that? Please tell me what that's about. Have you done that? Um, I'm going to say that this might be a higher level than what you're talking about. This might have gone to the professional level. Whoa. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Well, if you got evidence on that. Like I said, a lot of circumstantial. It's something I'm still doing, but... Uh, knowledge of well you said like that you, you said that you you broke up for about nine months you separated which tells me that this marriage has never really been smooth anyway I would say that uh, a lot of my current depression is probably related to this uh, repressed suspicion what are you asking John how to proceed there are kids involved how old are they uh, from young to uh, young adult. Wow. Okay. Well, my thinking is that uh, I mean, when I talk to priests and whatnot, it's like you know, forgive, does that matter? And I just don't think they have an understanding of the uh, extent of it, depth of of what's uh, been going on. Well, I would suggest that you confront her you know. and see how she reacts. Mm -hmm. See whether she completely, totally denies. And then when you say, "Here's, here's what I know," how do you explain? How do you explain this? Well, she's uh, when I've done that in the past. She's until I've given absolute evidence that you know I know exactly what I'm talking about. But only then. Okay, so she well then she will admit to it, right? If you okay. can, I guess. Okay. So approach with the hard evidence, approach with the hard evidence, because she'll deny it if you only have circumstantial, although circumstantial in court sometimes is enough. Given that, uh, you got to find out what exactly is her intent from this point forward. Now that you are fully aware, completely aware of what has been going on, what what is she saying? Is she saying, I'm going to do what I want to do no matter what, and you have to live with it? Is that what she's saying? 
or is she saying, okay, now I'm going to stop. I, I can't take the risk of losing the kids, etc. Uh, you got to find out uh, what what is her mm-hmm. intent from this point forward. Then you got a tough decision to make. You can say to yourself, well, I'm going to persevere in this phony relationship for the sake of the kids. I'll just persevere, and I will not have relations with her because I don't want to catch anything she's bringing home. Oh, well, go talk to her, and then uh, you can call me back in in the future. There, my friend. All right, she's probably hey, more she, she's more important to talk to than I am. Thank you. Now, obviously, these are questions that are so intricate and so complex. You could spend three therapy sessions just exploring history and details and intertwined connecting of the dots, all kinds of stuff. Anybody will tell you. And sometimes some of the the most significant stuff doesn't come out until the third session when they say something and you say, oh, oh, whoa, oh, wait a minute, tell me more about that one. Because that changes completely the light. You know, I, I watch a lot of... Uh, detective kind of solving crimes. And I like that because there's a certain psychological aspect to it. And I well, I guess I must uh, admit I've got a certain bent to try to understand twisted minds. And one thing they'll tell you is that typically as they are going about an investigation that at some point, and sometimes it's not till days later, weeks later, months later, Something comes to light that completely alters the direction of their exploring. Completely. They have to. Typically, they say we're back to square one. That happens in therapy, and that happens in situations like John's, where the complexities of the whole thing who, the what, the when, the where, the how. The kids, he said, little all the way to adults. So now now I'm already confused regarding if you've got a 20-plus year span of children, I would have all kinds of questions regarding um, how does this mesh with this, what sounds like, according to John, a marriage that was fraudulent. Oh, come on, Dr. Ray, don't be naive. You could do things like this. Yeah, but what level was his wife involved in mothering? What would be his approach if he says, okay, we're going to separate? Now, they already separated once for nine months. I don't know what that was about. That needs to be something. Probably he discovered something and decided, okay, I can't live like this. And then she came back contrite and said, okay, I won't do it anymore. I won't do it anymore. And then she turned around and did it some more. So, so much, so much to check out in a situation like that. But it was interesting. She called while we were on the phone, and he wanted to take it immediately, which tells me they're at a crisis point, and he's not sure what she's going to say. Dr. Ray. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. 
discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Fire on the Earth's Peter Herbeck. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. And one of the things that he meant by that was the Christian people understand the larger story that's unfolding in history. So as St. Paul said, as the saints echoed very clearly, we're now living through just a, a short moment, a slight momentary affliction, he calls it, in this life, which is going to make way and lead us to an eternal glory beyond all compare. The secret to the fruitfulness and the strength of the apostles was that they lived with a clear vision of the future, an eternal perspective, fixed on the destiny of where their life was headed. And they lived with the realization that, wow, yeah, life is very short here. Everything is temporary. Nothing here in this world is ultimately going to last except the ultimate destinies, the eternal destinies of every human being that exists on the earth. And they knew that whether good things were coming their way or bad things from the world's perspective were coming away, nothing could steal from them, nothing could take away the gold that was in their heart, the treasure that they bore. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Peter Herbeck spreads fire on the earth weekday mornings at 6.30 and again at 11.45 on 990 Ave Maria Radio. Thank you so very much for joining me here on The Doctor Is In, Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Co-production of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Mother Angelica, look what she did. She produced this programming and she said, let's give it to the radio stations. And at the time, there was barely a handful. I mean, Blessed Virgin Mary Radio out in uh, Portland was one of the very earliest ones, as, as was Spirit Catholic. They're celebrating 25 years on the air. So she said, here, here's some programming, which allowed these stations all to get off the ground. And with your support, of course, it allowed the stations to grow, to bring on more affiliates, which is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And uh, now they're up over over 400, over 400 stations. All right, let me find. I know Tom wants me to. I want to have a couple announcements here. I got to make because we got some people to congratulate here. Yeah, this is. I got. I'm really learning how to do this here. Live tease. All right, no, that's no, that's not that's not the one I'm looking for. I'll find this here. There we are. Family events. This is what I want to want. This is what I want to do. Now, today, I would very much like to congratulate, again, and I mentioned it, Spirit Catholic Radio, Omaha, 25 years. They started with one station. Now they got 15 in Nebraska and then also Boyd, Wisconsin. So Jimmy Carroll, he's a phenomenal station manager and a dear friend and all the folks at Spirit Catholic. And I'm looking forward to, God willing, 
heading there in February, latter part of February, 24th, I believe it is, to be part of that banquet. Now, that's, that's a major privilege, get to be part of an awful lot of these people who are just serving our Lord and His church in so many ways. And you want to know something about Catholic Radio? This is, I believe, reliable information. Father Benedict Groeschel, just a wise, wise priest and also a psychologist, said, I think it's attributable to him, that he believes that the Catholic media was a main force in keeping the American Catholic Church from considering schism. Not the whole church, but maybe parts of it. So that goes to tell you what you're listening to. When I was... Oh, i got to hurry up here. I'm almost done. I was in the second grade. Sister Liguori told us that the gospel will be preached everywhere, and then the end will come. And I remember in the second grade, with my little second grade mind, I thought, well... Okay, I got some time left because there ain't no way that they they're reaching to a lot of these places. Can't do that. Well, now you can through the internet, through apps, through three and a half billion smartphone users. It's there. Anybody wants to pick up on it? Now, it might be a little tougher in some of the uh, dictatorship-dominated countries, some of the very, very hostile countries toward Christianity, but. It is in the airwaves now. It's in the air. Who would have thunk that, huh? It's in the air. So, I don't know what that means. I mean, Armageddon? I can't spell it. I can't spell Armageddon, but that's not the end of the world. So, But I do appreciate it. Uh, looking at the clock. One more minute. No time to take another call. If, you are, if you're there and the show is ending, remember the rule. You're first up on all future shows. I think for me, this is close to 20 years on Catholic media. It's 14 on Catholic TV. I remember back in the old days, I did nothing but secular media. I did Oprah and Jenny Jones and Joan Rivers and CBS This Morning and Scott Ross Primetime. I used to do all those shows and I finally got tired of them because I really couldn't talk about the things that matter most. And gave me a chance to to be where I want to be, which is here, Catholic Media with you. I never dreamed that. I never thought that. I didn't even know there was Catholic Media much 30 years ago when I was in third grade. <clears throat> well, I don't, I don't know if that's a big lie. I mean, I forget how many years you have to lie about your age before it becomes a big lie. I don't know. Anyway, i got to go. Thanks for joining me here. Hope to see you in uh, EWTN. Go to EWGN.com forward slash Dr. Ray Live and sign up. Really want to see you. Thank you, everybody. Walk with God. Eternal walk. Started when you were baptized. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.